Good morning. I'm so glad to see you in the house today, and I want to extend a special uh, good morning to everyone worshiping with us online as well. I'm glad you're uh, with us today. Uh, maybe you're here today for the first time, and you were given one of these by a friend of yours, one of these books, Donkey Mission. We're starting a series today about the ideas from this book called Donkey Mission, and uh, the name of this series is What's the Point? Let me tell you a quick story here. I uh, had to call my credit card company recently. Have you ever had to call the number on the back of the card before? Yeah. So, so I, I, I called the number, and it was like the Autobot. You know, you got you to interface with a machine. Thank you for calling credit card services. Please say or enter your name. Adam Deal. It sounded like you said Phil Johnson. Is it? <laughs> Adam Deal. It sounds like you need counseling. I'm about to. No. Uh, please say or enter your address. So I do my address. I confirm my address. Thank you. Please enter your credit card number. Thank you. We are now connecting you to an agent. You're familiar with this. You wait for whatever, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour. You Finally, you talk with a human. And what are their first words out of their mouth? Thank you for calling us. I need to confirm your name, address, and credit card number. What was the point? Come on. I just did it. And it even said, so we can connect you quickly. It was completely unnecessary. Everyone, anyone ever do something that you just think is completely unnecessary? What was the point of that? I don't get it. Maybe, maybe you were in college and you had to take a music appreciation class to get your mathematics degree. Right. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. What's the point? Or maybe at your job you think, what was the point? What kind of project is this? Why did I get assigned a project like that? What kind of job is this? I thought I was going to have that kind of job, but I have this kind of job. What's the point of that? Why am I here? What kind of relationship was that? What was the point? What kind of teacher is this? What's the point? What kind of boss is that? What's the point? We aren't the first to feel this way. We aren't the first to... to to, to go through situations that make us say, what's the point? There was a guy in the Bible, a few, a few guys in the Bible that had some what's the point experiences. And one of them is uh, in, found in 1 Samuel chapter 9. And you can turn there. Or uh, can, can we put that QR code back up? You can scan that with, if you want with your phone. And, and um, you can actually follow along. All the message notes are already there for you, including the scriptures. And then you can take the notes and then send them to yourself and you have them forever. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts, help us be receptive to what you want to say. Help me be receptive to uh, what you want to say to your people so I can say it. God, we want to be uh, open to your word because we know that when you speak, just in reading your word and, and just, just the breath of your spirit can change everything in our lives. We can just do 180s because of your power. So, Lord, I pray you would speak to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 
All right, so we're in, we're in 1 Samuel chapter 9. Have you ever, any Marvel fans out there, like, like superhero stories? One of the best things about superhero stories is the origin story. Everyone loves a good origin story. How did Superman get here? How did Batman become Batman? Like, that's cool. This, this right here, this chapter, 1 Samuel chapter 9, is King Saul's origin story. In chapter 8, the Israelites said, we want a king so we could be like everyone else. In chapter 10, King Saul became King Saul. Just dude Saul became King Saul. And in chapter 9, it's telling the story of how dude Saul became King Saul. It's his origin story of how he became uh, a king. So we're going to be right here at the beginning. Uh, 1 Samuel chapter 9, starting in verse 1. There was a Benjamite, a man of standing, whose name was Kish, son of Abiel, son of all those guys, of Benjamin. <laughs> verse 2. Kish had a son named Saul, as handsome a young man as anyone could be found anywhere in Israel. I'm sure if this was being written about me, that's how they would describe me, too. <laughs> yes, my wife agrees. As handsome a young man as, as could be found anywhere in Israel, and he was a head taller than anyone else. There it is. Saul, according to the Bible, you heard it yourself, Saul was a certified stud muffin. The man, <laughs> tall, dark, and handsome. And nobody at this point, nobody knew him as King Saul. It was just, that guy's, that guy's got the world by the tail. He's, he knows what's up. That guy's awesome. He's good looking, he's tall, dark, and handsome. Who made him that way? God made him that way. From the very, very beginning, Saul was something special. He was something special. It wasn't anything he did. He just was something special, destined for greatness in his culture. Don't blow past that. You know you're something special. It's true. You're, you're, you're a person. You're a human, made in the image of God. Yet some of us have believed lies that were something less than that. Maybe you believed a lie. You're going to be just like your mother. Maybe you believed a lie. You're such a disappointment. The truth is you're made in the image of God. The truth is you're fearfully and wonderfully made. The truth is, according to the Bible, you are God's handiwork. You're his masterpiece. Yes. Created for good works. That's the truth. Don't believe a lie. Don't blow past that. From the very beginning, Saul was destined for greatness. And so are you. From the very beginning. God made you. All right. So, so Saul was destined for greatness. But before he, he could become king, he had to go on a special mission. And this is in this chapter. This is what this is about. This is his origin story. He had to go on a special mission. Uh, verse 3. Now the donkeys belonging to Saul's father, Kish, were lost. Poor donkeys. And Kish said to his son, Saul, take one of the servants with you and go and look for the donkeys. Hence the book title, Donkey Mission. That's where it comes from. Saul goes on a donkey mission. Before he could become King Saul, he has to go on a mission to find some donkeys. How important that sounds. Mr. Tall, Dark, and Handsome, 
he probably would have thought that, that he, he deserved a mission like, go find a wife. That's what you have to do first. Because behind every great man is a great wife. Love you, honey. <laughs> but instead, he had to go on a donkey mission. Go find some donkeys, buddy. Have you ever had to go on a donkey mission? I have. I have. At a really young age, I felt God call me, third grade actually, I felt God call me to full-time ministry. And I knew that was what I, my whole life was going to be about that. I was just, that was it. And I came home, that happened at church camp. And I came home from church camp and I started my first donkey mission. And I presented the gospel to my cat. <laughs> that was before I realized cats were stupid. I mean, I know better. <laughs> Sorry, don't throw anything at me. Oh, I'm getting booze already. <laughs> What was the point in presenting the gospel to a cat? Practice, Practice right? right? Practice. The first time I ever preached that I can remember preaching, besides to a cat, like, was to, as a teenager, I preached to other teenagers. I had an opportunity to, to preach in, in youth group. And I remember the message. It was how to be salty. Because um, Jesus said, you're the salt of the earth. It was about evangelism. I remember it very specifically. I'm so gr- glad I got that opportunity. I even put together a transparency With graphics. All the kids said, what? A what? Yeah, look it up. Google it. Transparency machines. That was before screens. And I I remember preaching that message. I was so excited for it. And all of my fellow friends, my fellow teenagers, looked at me during that message and said, Didn't feel like there was a, a use to it. See, I wanted, see, see, I knew where I was and I knew what God called me to and I was expecting it just to go there. But instead of it being like that, it was a little bit like the lines. Non-straight lines. God gives non-straight lines sometimes for us. So a donkey mission is when you're heading for something great, but you have to take a detour along some non-straight lines with something that seems pointless. All right, so that's what Saul was on. He was on a donkey mission, and he had to go find his dad's donkeys. 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 4. So he passed through the hill country of Ephraim and through the area around Shalisha, but they did not find them. They went on into the district of Shalim, but the donkeys were not there. Then he passed through the territory of Benjamin, but they did not find them. They're not succeeding. So far, it's a failing mission. Let me give you four truths about donkey missions. Four truths about donkey missions. Here's number one. Donkey missions test our patience. Donkey missions test our patience. They went out to find donkeys, and so far, they've been to four different places. No luck. Not happening. It's not like they got in a car and drove to Butler and then Corona. Like, this was a journey. They had to get there. And they're not finding the donkeys. Donkey missions test our patience. Patience. Have you ever had a donkey mission test your patience? I have. I mean, if, if you've had kids, you understand this idea, right? As soon as I had kids, I was really excited. You know, like, these kids are going to be world changers. And then I realized before they change the world, I have to change diapers. 
Like, that has to happen. I, and, and before they could do that, uh, before they could go on and change the world, I find myself saying things I would never thought I would have to say, like, stop licking your shoe. <laughs> yeah, Lena remembers that moment, if you didn't hear that right. Yeah, just don't, don't, don't do that. I didn't think I would have to tell a kid, don't lick a shoe. But you do. You do. Donkey missions will test your patience. Or, or, or maybe you remember the karate kid when, when Daniel San had to wax on, wax off. He wanted to attack his, his Cobra Kai nemesis. And he expected to be taught karate. And he was by way of a donkey mission of waxing the car. Wax on, wax off. Wax on, wax off. And his patience was tested. Donkey missions are going to test our patience. See, a problem in our culture today is that we want to just race and get to the end as quickly as possible. We, we want to just, yeah, I don't want to wax the car. I just want to beat up Cobra Kai. I don't want to, I don't want to go through the journey that will make me a king. I just want in the palace. We don't want to go on the donkey missions that develop us into someone capable of being the king. And social media has not made that very easy. It's made it more difficult. Everyone else is, I mean, what do you put on social media? You put the best. I mean, if you compare your behind-the-scenes life with everyone else's highlight reel, it's not going to go well for you. See, we want now what our parents spent their whole lives trying to get. We want respect and authority that the boss has in three years or less. We want to graduate and be the director of something in less than 24 months. Or maybe we feel called into ministry and we want to plan a church within the year. The process, the process is progress. The process is progress. And the process of a donkey mission was a lot for Saul to take. It tried his patience. He actually, he wanted to quit. The next verse tells us, when they reached the district of Zuf, Saul said to the servant who was with him, come, let's, let's go back or my father will stop thinking about the donkeys and start worrying about me, us, me. I'm not comfortable anymore. This, this stinks. We've been to five places and we can't find the donkeys. They're just donkeys. I'm Mr. Tall, Dark, and Handsome. Let's forget it. They're stupid donkeys. Besides, Dad can make more donkeys. Let's stick a couple donkeys in a barn and place them very white. <laughs> more donkeys can come. What's the point of this? I'm just running around. Let's just go back. Because my dad's got to be worried about my comfort. I know my dad's all concerned about how comfortable I am. Don't you think so? No, no, no. God's not always worried about our comfort. His, his priority is not how comfortable we are. His priority is changing the world. Sometimes how we feel and being comfortable and safe and secure is not God's priority. In fact, growing us is his priority. So that's why God puts non-straight lines in our path, where we wish they would just straighten out and go, I'll just, I, I want to go there, just let me go there straight. But no, God gives us a donkey mission 
before we ever wind up there. All right, let's continue the story. Saul's about to quit. And then verse six, the servant replied, look, look, in this town, there's a man of God. He's highly respected and everything he says comes true. Let's go there now. Perhaps he will tell us what way to take. And Saul said to his servant, if we go, what can we give the man? See, in that time, it was very customary. If you were going to go to a seer, if you were going to go to a prophet, you would come and, and bring a gift. That was, it was just customary. The food in our sacks is gone. We have no gift to take to the man of God. What do we have? Still wants to quit. And the servant answered him, look, look, I have a quarter of a shekel of silver. I will give it to the man of God so that he will tell us what way to take. Here's number two. Donkey missions test out. Well, that's not it. Go ahead, go to it. I was going to say it. There you go. Donkey missions keep us humble. Donkey missions keep us humble. <coughs> Mr. Tall, Dark, and Handsome has to go to the leader of Israel and ask about donkeys? What? That would be like, that would be like, like inter- knocking on Governor Holcomb's door. Dun, dun, dun. And he's like solving problems and having meetings and stuff. You're like, excuse me, governor, can you help me find my, my skateboard? I'm kind of humiliated. <laughs> Yet that's exactly what Saul had, had to do. Donkey missions will keep us humble. Not only did he have to go to somebody important with somebody, something that was insignificant, but he had to bum money off his servant just to do it, just to get into the door. See, humility is key here. It's the opposite of pride. Pride says, I can do it. Pride says, me. Pride says, I'm strong enough. Pride says, I'm I'm confident enough. I don't need anything else. It's it's self-value. It's uh, self-preservation. It's it's looking to ourself to solve problems. Humility is the opposite. It's saying, I I can't on my own. It's, It's realizing that you need something else. You cannot become a Christian without a humility. Because without humility, you will think you can save yourself. Pride says, I can save myself. It's impossible to be a Christian without realizing you can't. Jesus can. And so you can come to the Lord with humility and, and be saved. And the only way to get on the other side of a donkey mission is with humility. To surrender and realize, I can't. On my own. I need God's help. I need, I need help from something else. And that's what Saul went through here. So donkey missions kept him humble. Okay, let's keep going. The servant suggested to Saul that they go see the man of God. Verse 10, good, Saul said to his servant. Come, let's, let's go. So they set out for the town where the man of God was. As they were going up the hill to the town, they met some young, everybody say young, They met some young women coming out to draw water. And they asked them, is the seer here? He is, they answered. He's up ahead of you. Hurry now. He's just come to our town today for the people have a sacrifice at the high place. Here's number three. Donkey missions test our integrity. Donkey missions test our integrity. Every word in the Bible is there for a reason. It's providing another detail to the story. This Scripture very, it could have been very simple that it could have said there were some women, but it specified there were some young women. And here's Saul, 
Mr. Studmuffin. Tall, dark, and handsome. And his servant, probably about his age, a couple good-looking young guys, and they're coming along feeling like failures because they're on a failing mission. I just need a break. I deserve this. Why not just take a detour? What's, what's the use of this? I might as well just take a break and hang out with these young ladies. And Saul had to decide if he was going to focus on his donkey mission or hang out with the young ladies. So many people with a great future ahead of them lose their way along their donkey mission because it seems pointless where they are. There seems to be no fruit. Some crops take a while before they produce a fruit. Years, some of them. You've got to plant something and come back a decade later and you'll get it. Some of you are about to give up where you are. Maybe you're about to quit a job that God put you at. Maybe you're about to quit your marriage for an affair. Maybe you're about to quit tithing or living generously. Maybe you're ready to quit being the good kid and just go ahead and cheat. Maybe you're ready to quit serving, quit going to your group, or or even leaving a church. People do this all the time because they're tired of waiting for a harvest. That's not how our life works. God gives us non-straight, Donkey mission paths so we can, he, we can grow. And we have, they will always test our integrity. And Saul's integrity was tested here. And he, he passed the test. Let's go on to verse 14. They went up to the town, and as they were entering it, there was Samuel. That's the man of God. There was Samuel coming toward them on his way up to the high place. Now the day before Saul came, the Lord revealed this. To Samuel. So we're about to read a flashback. So Saul's heading up a hill, Samuel's coming down the hill, and the Bible says, and before all of that happened, verse 16, God told him the day before, about this time tomorrow, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin. Anoint him ruler over my people Israel. He will deliver them from the hand of the Philistines. I have looked on my people for their cry has reached me. Flash, flash forward to the present. When Samuel caught sight of Saul down the, down the hill, the Lord said to him, this is the man I spoke to you about. He will govern my people. Had Saul taken that detour, he never would have encountered Samuel. And while Saul was on that donkey mission, thinking that everything was about the donkey mission, God was working. Here's the fourth thing we can learn. Donkey missions are always about something greater than donkeys. Donkey missions are always about something greater than donkeys. If Saul hadn't gone on the donkey mission, he wouldn't have ran into Samuel. And if he didn't connect to Samuel, he wouldn't have been anointed king. If he wasn't anointed king, he wouldn't have been the first king of Israel. You never know when your donkey mission is going to intersect with your greater mission, do you? We just have to be patient enough, humble enough, and faithful enough to see it through and trust God. 
even while we're on the donkey mission. See, when Saul started his donkey mission, he thought it was about donkeys, but it wasn't about donkeys. It was about something more than donkeys. It was about his future. Daniel's son had to wax some cars before he was ready to block the attacks that came. 22 years ago, I was working my first, my first uh, like real job at Pizza Hut. What's the point in that? It was at Pizza Hut. I wanted to make pizzas or be a server because I thought I wanted to be a server is what I really wanted to do because if I was a server, I could interact with a lot of people and like, God's honest truth. I wanted to be able to like be a witness to them. I thought if I, if I meet enough people, like maybe God will give me an opportunity to, to share the love of Jesus with them. But I wasn't allowed because I was too young. So I thought, fine, maybe I can make pizzas because that's like a proper job at Pizza Hut. I can make pizzas. But my job was dishwasher. <laughs> What's the point? 22 years ago, I was washing dishes at Pizza Hut. And the manager came in. And he said, Adam, there's not a clean dish in this place. Dishes haven't been, we've ignored this position for a day and a half. There's not a clean fork. There's not a clean pan. You're the most important employee in this whole place. Everything lies on you. I need it clean now. And it changed my strategy because I was no longer focused on just doing plates. I was like, okay, I need plates. I need forks are the most important thing. And that changed everything for me. What was the point of Pizza Hut? I wanted to tell people about Jesus. I worked at Pizza Hut so I could learn that something that was seemingly insignificant in reality could shut the whole place down if it wasn't being fulfilled. I learned about teamwork. I learned about teamwork. Let me give you three challenges. Here's number one. Challenge number one. Start being faithful to your donkey mission. God's got you on a donkey mission. Just start being faithful to it. God will put you where you are. And don't bail the moment that you realize it's not a straight line. He put you there. Here's number two, challenge number two. Don't let anything be beneath you. Don't let anything be beneath you. This church, there should never be around here, there should never be a piece of paper on the floor on a Sunday morning longer than 30 seconds. Because there's enough of us here that know how to, are physically able to bend over and pick it up. We can, we can, we can do that. Don't let anything be beneath you. The fa- in fact, the fastest way to get to the other side of your donkey mission is serving. It's the fastest way. Take a servant attitude because we are servants of the Most High King. We are servants of God. Here's the third challenge. Stop seeing things as pointless and start seeing them as practice. Stop seeing them as pointless and start seeing them as practice. Parents, anytime your kids come to you and tell you how hard something is, remember this phrase. Because it's one I heard, it's one my wife heard growing up, and we both hated it but I'm going to say it to my kids every chance I get. God must be preparing you for something. I wonder what God's getting you ready for. This teacher's really hard. I wonder what God's setting you up for. I wonder what 10 years from now your life looked like because you had to deal with that rough teacher. 
Let me help you with it. It's practice. And I don't think that pattern stops when we're no longer kids. We can remind ourselves of that. The swirly path of your journey continues. It's practice. I wonder what God's getting me ready for. Can you believe what this client did to me? I wonder what God's getting you ready for. Can you believe what my boss said? I wonder what God's preparing you for. I wonder what's around the corner. If you'd hurry up and, and would be patient enough, humble enough, and faithful enough, maybe God would teach you the thing. Maybe you'd learn the thing he's trying to teach you. And you'd be on the other side of your donkey mission. Would you stand with me? I want to tell you one more story about another guy who, um, who did a donkey mission. It was the greatest donkey mission ever. His name was Jesus. See, God created us to be together. That's how he wants us. He wants us to be in relationship with him. But sin entered the world through original sin, through Adam and Eve, sin entered the world, and that separated everyone from God. So we weren't able to have that relationship with God like you wanted because of sin. And the penalty for that sin is death. So we all deserve to die. We all have sin. See, that separation made us lost. We were lost donkeys. We were the Father's lost donkeys. And God the Father sent his Son to come get us. And he wasn't guilty of sin, so he was able to die for us. He lived, he came to earth, lived a perfect life, never sinned, died for our sins, and then came back to life, which which eliminated the curse that sin has over our lives. And now anyone who points to Jesus as the answer and opens their life up to him can be connected with God, can have the relationship yeah. with him again. We can be found. Yes. Yes. We can be found donkeys. There's a whole lot of people in this room who've been found. There's a lot of people here who've made that decision to, to make Christ your savior to say, yeah, Jesus, I, I want you to be in charge. I want to follow you. But if you've never made that decision, today is your day. Today's your chance. All you got to do is admit that you're a sinner, believe that Jesus paid the penalty for you by dying for you, and then, and then turn your feet, your spiritual feet, towards Jesus and give him your life. Like, like let him make the decisions for your life. Like, decide to do the things that he wants you to do. Go his way. Go his path. Follow him. It's really pretty simple. It's not easy, but it's really simple. In fact, I'd like to lead all of us in a prayer to accept Jesus as our Savior. I'm going to say something I'd like you to repeat after me. And if you mean this from the bottom of your heart, I know the Lord will hear you. Let's all pray. Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I'm separated from you. And I know you paid the price for me. So today, I receive you as my Savior. Forgive me. and Make my life whole. I will follow you forever. In 
Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord.